you know, be humble. Teamwork. You get more done um, by, by working as a team. Everyone out there listening, you are listening to Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. And today we are speaking with Rusty. Is it Everhart or Everett? Everhart. Everhart. How appropriate. And IT extravaganza executive director of information technology at Furnitureland South. And I'm assuming that's because you're in the South and you're in North Carolina where it's probably very nice right now and you don't have snow outside. That is exactly right on all accounts. Um, we are in the South and it is uh, balmy 77 outside right now. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. My headquarters is in Raleigh, but uh, I'm in Connecticut. So there you go. <laughs> so talk to me. What's it like going from your your history in IT to... I guess we would call this large retail. I don't know what you would call it. How many end users do you have? We have 587 end users. And let's just get this right out of the way. Let's just get this big question out of the way right now. What is your most mind-blowing IT leadership advice and or failure that you have learned from, you know, it could go either way, uh, over your somewhat 20 years multiple decades of experience in IT. I think the, uh, so I'll, I'll address that um, from from both ends of that uh, experience and um, advice. So I'll start with advice is to never stop growing. Even as you're on the back nine and you're approaching retirement, never stop growing. It's, it's I think that's just life advice. Um, always, always be on the lookout for new knowledge, a better way to do things. Um, be humble uh, that you don't know everything and it's it, you can learn so much from others just be open to it um, and for example the, um, you know for example though if and here's a learning like if you're in North Carolina you must use a golf analogy to speak about your IT career you must say the back nine <laughs> you, you, you need to know yeah. where you're at you need to know who you're speaking to right I was speaking to an IT director in North Carolina. It's like the golf capital. I don't know if there is a golf capital. I'm assuming you do some golfing. Yes, we actually have a, an off-site retreat um, <laughs> in, of all places, Pinehurst, which is ground zero for all things golf. Boom. There you go. So, okay, so never stop learning, which you have to do in IT. That'd be stupid. I mean, you just there's no way you're going to survive in a in a world where technology is growing so fast, and which brings up a good point. What? How is your strategy? Obviously, we're always learning, but what's your strategy been within it? Back when we were growing up, I'm assuming you know. Let's see, 20 years. What what are we at? We're 2020. Back in year 2000, right? That was Y2K. That was Y2K. Remember that? That was funny. Everything's going to die and blow up and let's send everyone out in fear and doom and gloom over Y2K. But think of how much has changed since then. Let's see. I was I was on dial-up. I was on dial-up internet for free. Um, I think it was like uh, Net Zero had a free account dial-up, you know, had just finished college. 
cell phones were uh, you had to buy nights and minutes, free free nights and weekends. Um, you know, had like maybe 200 minutes for your weekdays, pay a ridiculous cell phone bill. That was what it was back then, and technology has been growing so fast. So just curious, what's your outlook on technology, maybe vendor relationships, and how you roadmap or plan for the future in a, in a, in a world that's changing so fast? Well, I think, uh, you know, we're in unique times, even now on the, um, on the tail end of a pandemic, I think a lot of things came to light. Uh, and I think from, from a, an evolutionary perspective, uh, we learned a lot of things about ourselves and our partnerships. And you mentioned the word vendor. Um, I rarely mention the word vendor unless it's a, a, a service that anyone can go get. Um, I think the one of the, the things for me that, you know, I always was very principled in this regard, um, I don't select vendors for strategic initiatives. I select vendor partners. Yes. As invested in their success as they are in mine. It's a mutual, mutually beneficial, uh, equally reciprocating arrangement where I'm not just choosing willy-nilly. I'm, I'm also I'm choosing on culture fit. Do you have the same value system? Um, from, do you have the same business ethics? Uh, and, and do you conduct yourself uh, in, in much the same fashion that we do? And so I think you know, I, that, to me, became very apparent because we were all resource constrained. You had an abundance in one place, and you had a deficit uh, in another. And so we all had to work together to make things happen. And, and we're still doing that in the furniture industry. Um, supply chain is still a major, it's a major issue. And you know, when, when the pipes open up and everything comes flooding in, we're starting to feel that now, you start having warehouse space fill up. And then now you've got to start putting things into customer hands, um, you know, for all different types of goods, not just, you know, these big, um, ever so often purchases there like, even graphics cards you're starting to see the the floodgates open and they're starting to hit the market and what are you going to do with that and so you have a lot of folks that are left with some inventory issues yet either to a or to uh, a surplus so so i think that's going to be a big focus as we start looking towards the future is that more strategic alignment with um, vendor selection? You know, it's more of a partnership. Yes, and I did a I did a word cloud once. Um, we I, I've done a lot of surveys. Really, the wrong I guess the wrong word, but it was surveys of uh, mid market IT managers. That means people like yourself that handle anywhere from 200 end users upward to, upwards of 20,000 end users, which is my favorite group of people because, A, you guys know what an IP address is, but you're also not, you're not stuck in a massive bureaucratic environment where you're kind of like a, you're just trying to climb the corporate hierarchy. You have to really put together a, a fairly niche team with specific skill sets and then you have to fill the gaps and eliminate silos and all the cool things I think that IT can do to help a company grow. 
But if you have, like you said, vendors that are not on your side of the table, that are more people just collecting a bill or collecting a paycheck every month, it's they're they're not. The we'll put it this way: from the surveys, the one of the top five things that came back was the vendor. And then when they did the word cloud, and we used all of the terminology that IT directors said about this particular situation, one of the words that came up a lot was vibe, and another one, and then the opposite that came up was there wasn't a there wasn't a vibe with the IT department, meaning. There was no team. There was no team, right? People were people were waiting on move ad change requests. Tickets weren't getting opened with providers or vendors or carriers or ISPs or whatever it was. But there was no vibe. And for the people that had really good service, which was um, r- rare for across the board for all vendors. In other words, everyone had a few vendors or vendor partners, so to speak, that were partners. But the, the way that they described the relationship was that there was a good vibe between them and their team. They understood that the language of technology was the same. It wasn't um, two different departments communicating in two different languages, if that makes sense. Is that, would you say that that's kind of accurate? I would, I would say that is exactly um, right. And that's one of the things that we've actually been focusing on. Um, I, I found myself in this situation uh, a couple of times. Where you have, um, you know, you come into an IT department that, you know, largely no direction, no, no real contemporary enterprise concepts uh, in place, and then um, you you start trying to uh, instill these types of practices, uh, and you know, it's it's like a, you get folks like a deer in headlights kind of. I don't know why are we doing this, and so yeah, I think that's definitely um, yeah. There, there's something there. The I'm putting together. We've got like a back end program, back end kind of like consulting coaching program here at Dissecting Popular IT Nerds, and I was trying to think of some of the good questions to ask to help other IT directors that might be growing in the space, people that might not have the full leadership yet or need help, or or they do have it but they're trying to fill holes. And one of the things that came to mind was, do you have a mission or vision statement for your technology department, specifically for your technology department? I'm just curious. Do you have anything like that? I have one that is in draft form. Uh, the departments never really have one. Um, there are some some canned Hobby Lobby photos out on the wall that um, <laughs> lend, lend themselves to inspiration, but there's not uh, you know, a carefully crafted um very meaningful vision statement and so it's one of the things that we've been working on you know working within the bands of of vision strategy and tactics and get in where you fit in Mm -hmm. for your role so yeah because i've just found when everyone everyone's kind of bought into the same especially from a technology standpoint a lot of times you have technology departments not everyone kind of has like a handhold on what are we trying to accomplish from a whether it be digital transformation strategy whether it be uh, how we execute on a roadmap, how do we all kind of work together? It's it's surprising probably how many companies don't have that or they don't have a theme. Like I I've also just from some best practices over the years, like a lot, some IT departments have like whole themes, like marketing color codes, like, you know, they're doing some pretty creative stuff out there. Is there anything like that that you've seen over the years or that you guys are doing? Uh, I have uh, the company I just, um, I was, I was previously at uh, is a um, 
is a distinctly southeastern uh you'll you won't find a restaurant anywhere in uh, outside of virginia north carolina south carolina biscuitville nice and um very very uh steeped in values and live it every day and so i have lived in those environments um we do have some of those biscuitville uh, biscuitville man i am hungry right now and i've been on uh I'm like a low carb guy, so Biscuitville sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the real deal. It's everything that, <laughs> that you are probably thinking right now. Um, tenfold, tenfold. It's it's delicious. It's my I, I, wife's I'm, favorite restaurant. Oh, for real, Biscuitville. Oh man, wow! I'm on the images right now. Everyone, uh, we'll put this link, uh, guys. Um, people producing, my producers out there, like when you listen to this, because you're gonna be listening to this show. Please put some. Uh, we might need to use Biscuitville's waffle chicken sandwich as the cover to this episode. Maybe. I'm just throwing that out there, you know. This looks amazing. Moving on. Um, so, anyways, Biscuitville, steeped in values. Keep going. So, what was it like, IT values? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, it was company-wide. I mean, it was one of those things where every member was treated as family. And, and 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 every customer was treated as family, and so even you know that was the that was the cornerstone, and then everything else really sprouted from that of how do we how do we approach business? Well, we do it ethically. We do it like it's our own money. We handle our spend like it's our own money. Uh-huh. It's those types of things that you know, there's incredible buy-in, mm. um, and so yeah, it's uh it's and that's something that uh, I see. Um, the beginnings of uh, in my current position, and I definitely brought that with me uh, into my new role. But values in general, having a vision statement, I guess that's the point. Is it's um, it's it, it's it's helpful to provide direction and 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 get people bought in. How big is your how big is your team right now? Uh, we're sitting just shy of twenty folks in the total reporting structure. On your IT, yeah, on your IT team. Mm-hmm. And what's our division? Like help desk, uh, software, software development, or how, how do you yeah, go I ahead? Did just, I, I just revised the org chart. Uh, that was my, my first real um, uh, order of business when I came in to, to the assessment for the skills gaps. Uh, and so I've then identified all that. So we do have um, a service desk that actually I'm using frameworks like ITIL, uh, so we do very much the, the service delivery component, um, change management, all that rolls up into our PMO. Mm-hmm. And so I did create a PMO department. Um, we have infrastructure cybersecurity, uh, mm-hmm. all housed under one roof. Mm. And we have um, engineering and enterprise architecture mm. that reports into one um one tower and then we have uh vendor product information database administration that's big do you guys have um how many locations do you guys have we have just one it is one giant uh 1.3 million square feet of buildings campus do you have a big um um kind of like i guess shipping and receiving mail order type of thing or online business we do no online e-commerce none it's all in person i am and, shocked i'm shocked yeah. 
Uh, the volume that we do from just in person uh-huh. is it's tremendous. Wow. It's, it's jaw dropping actually. And so to add online sales, we would need to build probably four more buildings if we were to open that up because we're in high point. I mean, we're just outside of high point, the furniture capital of the world. And so we've got the ends on all the goods and we have incredible folks that work for us that negotiate the deals and, you know, get those fast passes to the front. And like, I want that. I want that on my showroom tomorrow. And it happens. That is outstanding. I have never in the history of doing this show and, and just in general, I've never run into an IT team with 20 people in one location. Yep. That's, that is That's significant. It. That is very significant. COVID must have been interesting. Um, just, I mean, how did COVID in general, I mean, were you there at the inception of COVID or did you come in halfway through or how, uh, how's COVID been in general? Yeah, I came in uh, midway through COVID, and um, it was it was managed very well here. Um, it was there. There's a lots of space in our corporate office, and so plenty of plenty of room to socially distance. And we have high walls uh, around our cubicles, and we have quite a few offices. Uh-huh. And so it was not difficult, um, even at the stage that I came in. I think that's when we were looking at the, the tail end of Delta and the, the beginnings of Omicron. Even sales and, perspective, uh, did sales dip at all, or was anyone even anyone even care? Or I'm just other you way. Know, other when you direction. want furniture, man, you want furniture. It went the other way. Yeah, it's crazy. People. The businesses how that have done well during COVID. Billiards, yeah. for example. Yeah, Speaking yeah. with an IT guy, just selling pool tables. They're like. They're like, we actually just absolutely blew up. Couldn't even, couldn't even handle it. They're like the online sales too for them was, that's why I kind of asked about the online as I was wondering if, um, um, you know, how that would have affected it, maybe shipping around the United States and logistics and stuff like that. But, um, no, no, the business model here is that you have uh, a very curated experience with a design consultant mm-hmm. that is trained, educated. They have an eye for, for symmetry and uh accent do people come from outside of state they come from outside of the country no way i was thinking i gotta fly down there i gotta fly down yeah it's it's an experience and it's i mean it's it's not a rooms to go experience and and we uh, our merchandising and sales um leadership are quick to point that out this is not a rooms to go this is not a haverty this is a very unique (laughs) um experience that you are going to be handheld through the process and you're going to get expert um guidance and opinion and you're gonna you're gonna have exactly what you either came in wanting or you came in didn't know that you needed until that moment oh i love that you i didn't even know i needed to buy this Exactly. That's it. I, I didn't know that I needed this until you showed me that I needed this. So there's a lot of that. This is this is old school. This is this is this is great. Um, Depot storage ottoman, by the way, beautiful. Looking at it right now. There's oh, those are that's old stuff, man. Like it's it's changing. We got more coming in. Huh. Like this that's all yesterday, Phil. You got to come in. We got to get you in with a designer. 
sit down, yeah. bring your wife. Oh, my wife's not here. I'm sorry, we can't meet with you until you bring your wife. <laughs> I, you must have a really good sales training program over there. They must. It's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal, and it's uh, you know it's been refined and perfected. Uh, and I mean, it's, we're we're on third generation of family ownership, and you know that really is. It, there's a lot of pride, a lot of pride, a lot of care, um, and they're very protective of the business. So everything is scrutinized to the nth degree, everything, and for well, good reason. How's your um, uh, how involved is IT in customer experience. We, I mean, we ultimately. And what made, you want to know what made me ask that? As I was on your website, and there's an omni-channel experience. Yeah. So we we provide. Let me let me word this carefully. We provide the technical capability. Right. And so I am of the mindset that IT, while they have a lot of great ideas, uh-huh. uh, our expertise is delivering technical solutions, the, the know-how mm-hmm. behind it. Um, we, we take a very much of a DevOps approach mm-hmm. where we put everybody in a room and, you know, like right now we are actually redesigning this website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have marketing mm-hmm. and IT mm-hmm. in the same room. And it's every level of like from from executive director down Good. that are that are a part of this process, and so it is very much a collaborative. And so we talk about, you know, so we we get from the from the business side. They they give us the the, you know, this is the look, the feel, the flow, the function. This is what I expect to happen. And how about what I need, or how about what I need, and you know, things we don't have. Right. Yeah. Right. That that's so the ideation that the, is it possible to mm-hmm. to do this, uh, and then that and then the IT is well, yes this or we we will put this into this sprint uh, or we'll add this to this statement of work mm-hmm. and um, the enhancement we'll add it to to the uh, enhancement list and and we'll we'll prioritize it in, um, but having them all in the room we we develop a a common vernacular or a lexicon, you know, we, mm-hmm. we use the same word. So our business clients know what a table is in a database. They know what a field is in a database. They know that there are different flavors of web servers. They know that, um, you know, there are platforms and then there are pure hosting mm-hmm. propositions. We actually had that conversation the other day. And so nothing's off limits. We try to stretch the boundaries of knowledge, uh, you know, so introducing that, that term of elasticity of, you know, your realm of knowledge. Yeah, we need to know the mm-hmm. business processes. And we actually have, we turned, in my first month here, we took a giant wall in our conference room in the IT area, and we turned it into a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. So we went to Lowe's and got this this paint. No whiteboard. It's nice. actually like this little like the sticker, whiteboard material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the big yeah, sticker, no, like the big wall sticker, almost like wallpaper. But is it like no, wallpaper? It comes in like nope. It comes in like a piece of plywood. Nice. Yeah, eight by four piece of plywood, and it's already a dry erase board on one side. And so we had eight by four. And, I'm going to buy yeah, that today. We had those panels hung all the way down the this giant wall, and so I wrote in the middle of it. 
like the, the the Togaf triangle. You know, that was what I was the last thing I was trying to to educate on. Um, you know, we have one of our users. What is the business process? You know, we have one of our developers. What is the business process? And so that level of understanding is what we're starting to get to. Um, you know, in this collaborative approach, we're starting to understand what the business processes are. When we can have just a basic high-level understanding, you need to do this. But understanding the, you know, what are the reasons behind that? That's what we're starting to get clarity on. And we've seen this, this tremendous um, escalation of knowledge and engagement as a result, mm. uh, both from IT and the business. How about data collection? I mean, there's got to be oh, major yeah. data points that people are crunching to and coming up with some of these numbers. Absolutely. And so that, that was one of the things that we, we really have um, focused on in the past month. We have a very young guy, uh, fresh out of college. This is his, his first IT job. And we hired him as a web developer slash data analyst. And so I took it to the team. I was like, guys, we're just getting all these requests for reports. I'm a big fan of Power BI. I've had great mm -hmm. experience with it. Mm -hmm. um, we've already got it in-house. We're not it to its full potential and we're actually we, we kind of are handcuffed by this third-party vendor and it's a vendor you know, i didn't say vendor partner this is a vendor this, this is a, really this is a silo this is, <laughs> this is a... This, this is a vendor that we're using yeah, yeah. um but yeah. but I, I knew that we had the intellectual capital in here uh -huh. to take our disparate data sources and create cubes on the fly and reports out of it and so I challenged this fellow, gave him a couple of little, just, just mm. nuggets, like just mm -hmm. planting a seed of nuggets. Mm -hmm. And then he went and he ripped it a couple of training classes, just some introductory, <laughs> uh -huh. uh, kind of messed around with it a little bit uh -huh. and let him go sit in his, uh, his little corner there. And he doesn't talk a whole, whole lot. <laughs> and, uh, he came back, uh, early this week and he had a presentation and he, he showed us this, this phenomenal uh there's not even dashboard. a word big enough huh. dashboard dashboard data data from a, a, a mm. as400 db2 mm. um, yeah yeah married up to um netsuite data mm. all right and so this kid this kid's like 24 years old all right this is his first it job and he's doing that kind of stuff but it's because he has clarity and understanding did he know what an as400 was when he came on board no, nobody. <laughs> like it's older than him. Is it older than That's him? A, let's see. That was what the eighties. Is getting there, buddy. How are you guys migrating that to the cloud? That's the question with all those AS four hundreds. We we are, and that's that's our current. Um, we're actually under. We we just kicked off a project to uh, get the the last little bits of it. Well, there's a couple uh, data. There's a couple data center providers in the U.S. that specialize in just that. And just taking your AS four hundred instance and putting it in the cloud. Like oh yeah, yeah. Now that's that's definitely if we were going to be uh, beyond twenty four months, absolutely, I would I would do that all day every day. Hmm. And I actually looked at at that and had a, a you know back pocket plan B uh -huh. uh, just in case everything um, kind of like a you know oh well you know as I'm seeing myself out the door because we failed here. 
stored up in the cloud, <laughs> save you some money. It's been fun. I appreciate y'all having me. So, Don't um, worry, people are still going to be buying, showing up and buying couches. <laughs> wow. But um, I think, um, yeah, we, we definitely have, uh, that, that project is well underway. Uh, we've got some resources that we're lining up to, to come in and, and, uh, make that a reality. And, um, you know, we've got some young bucks here that are definitely eager to learn. It's like Phoenix um, project. It's like Phoenix project, except you guys are doing well already. Exactly. Well, that's one of the, I, I tried to get these guys They're They're half of my team is my children's age. Like uh-huh. I literally, I have a son that's 25. He climbs cell towers in Alabama. Cool. Um, American he, Tower he, or what? Um, I forget the company. He did work for Mass Tech, and then he uh-huh. went to. He wanted to be home every night, and so he lives just outside of Birmingham. I did. Um, uh, I did fixed wireless for like three and a half years. Loved it. it was one of my favorite jobs ever. It's just okay, so. loved it. I loved getting stuck on leaving suit jackets on top of buildings by mistake getting you know crazy stuff it was a lot of fun that's he was uh he was actually over at uh, university of alabama tuscaloosa yesterday day before yesterday and he was he like could see directly down onto the uh the football stadium line cool. of, send me a picture we need a line of sight from uh here to here i remember yes. i got i got some of my craziest career stories from that from that line of sight fixed wireless backhaul for cell phone towers all that stuff it's a it's if you know it, it's like, a, you know, it's fun. And then you run into a lot of like old Navy guys, you know, I did the longest shot line of sight shot 20 miles, you oh, know, yeah. like, but, um, again, this, you're, this is just lining up. This is going well, line up one question from the next. So how is it managing your children? Yeah. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Uh, I spoke of my son. He is my eldest. Um, I don't mean physically your children, but I mean like literally if, you're, if your team oh, is that oh. age. Like I'm saying metaphorically. I'm speaking metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically, oh. how is it managing your children? It has so many meanings because you manage your children, which is typically I find that we do better in the work world managing than we do when we come home. And it's for something like all these great rules that we have at work and like the, the waves of being and listening to listening to understand and, and not putting your own biography on the situation and, you know, uh, being involved in the community and, you know, all of these things that we have kind of from like a professional standpoint, sometimes I'm not saying always go out the door when we get home. Yeah, so that's that's a great point, and I'm glad I, I mistakenly took that step down that path because <laughs> you bring up a very very good point, is that you know you operate with dual personas. Um, yeah, the the these folks here, uh, you know, you walk into the building, there's just an air of professionalism. You know, it's work. It's where I make my money. Yeah, and, and, so, you, and you're in a hardcore, polished, polished, polished sales organization. Absolutely. Yeah. And Which means are, suit and tie, I'm assuming. You're probably a little conservative down there in North Carolina. I'm just saying. I'm, you know, golfing area, high level, high, um, you know, furniture store. Probably some of the old school, you know, sales, which is, I, I love. I mean, it's um, people that understand like a real, a really good sales process is it's not something that you're doing to the person. It's something that you're, you know, you're helping them with, you're doing for them. And that's back to the vendor partner relationship thing again, which comes through strong with you and your organization. But, you know, with that being said, what's it like managing your children? 
it's a joy. It really <laughs> is because I see them grow, uh, not just in their their technical capabilities day after day. They surprise me every day with something <laughs> new. This is cool. I found. Look, look at this. Uh, it's kind of like the five year your own five year old running up to you and is like, look what I did. Look what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much the same thing, and it's very much that same reward center in the brain that mm. just you, know, you get flushed with mm. that's cool that is so awesome i love and, the power bi story yeah i love that oh yeah yeah and so that that you know the, the the quiet kid that um you know just just out of nowhere just man just drops the mic and walks off the stage and like mm. yes yeah, i just had a couple of you know little tweaks i had to do i was like are you confident with your data before I was even hired, I came in and gave a little you know, hour-long speech to this group about how it was going to be, and then we're going to stamp everything with confidence mm. before we send it out of the IT. Mm, uh, I like that. I love machine. that. We're going to have a stamp of confidence on it. It's like, all right, bud, do you put a stamp of confidence on this? Because I'm going to qualify it. There are these two things. They might get you. The rest of it, confidence. I love that. That's got to be on your mission. That's got to be in your values or mission statement, your IT mission statement or whatever. Stamp of confidence. Oh, yeah. Well, that's something we, we, we reiterate it every week. Are we confident? What we're putting out, are we confident? Now, if I can just get them to communicate, that's the big thing. Like, y'all got that. There we go. There's your next way of, there's your next value, next, your next value or whatever role, communication. <laughs> well, we can bang there this thing out. We'll bang this thing out in the show right now. Well, uh, I, I've got a professional editor too. I call her uh, Kick-Ass Karen. She is a Karen, and we're trying to change the... Uh, but uh, she doesn't know I call her that. I call her that to my family and stuff. Uh, communication. Stamp of confidence. What else we got? We need to work on communication. Are you saying... Uh, why is that? What do you think... What, what is it about... Is it is it the software, tunnel vision, IT, technical, nerdy aspect of mathematical aspect of people that are in technology to begin with that is the problem with communication and we need to learn to empathize and all of that? I just summarized what's come out of like the last 20 shows on communication. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> I think it, a lot of it boils down to, um, you know, just that innate introvertedness. Um, yeah. it, I think folks that are drawn to technology, uh, and I hate to make a general, like a generalization, but you know, I myself am like my life. I have been an introvert. I don't, I'm not the life of the party. I'm not mm. the one that goes around and shakes everyone's hand. You don't even you like know? doing that. Probably. You probably prefer no. not to go to large crowds. You probably prefer not to do yeah. that. Yeah. No, and my wife is that. She is the yeah. life of the party, and she Gosh. has never met a stranger. Wow, we are so alike. <laughs> she is dragging me, throwing <laughs> me in front of people. But I think she makes friends really point. easy. Everyone loves her. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. Like the friend maker, like the automatic. Like wh- wh- I don't understand. Like what is this? Like you're just like instantly everyone's best friend. Yeah, and that's and that's not who I am. Um, <laughs> and so you know, and that goes. Yeah, so two points on that. You know that, that that you know it, it is a generalization, but you know it's, it's a realization of the generalization in my department. It has been in every department, uh, IT department that I've been in. I, w- I was talking about this the other day because someone was talking. We were talking about actually no, it was this morning. I was talking with my um, CRM developer, and we were going over how to like you know 
build new fields and have them pop up when people answer surveys and stuff because I wanted to do this IT survey similar to the, the mission statement, vision statement thing is what we're building. And he said something about salespeople. Oh, he, you know, he made, he made a Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross comment. And I said, you know, the problem with the world is that, and the problem with 80% of all salespeople in the world is they think sales is one of three movies, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, Boiler Room, or The Wolf of Wall Street. And I was like, and they're all ultimate failures and complete scumbags. Um, that is not at all what sales is. And I was like, most people think that a lot of salespeople, you can't be introverted. I was like, but there's like a whole sea of people of sale, very professional, like, you know, salespeople that are helping someone find, you know, solve, basically fill a need, solve a problem. That's really what like a salesperson is or like a doctor, right? They need to like analyze the situation, you know, and then provide a prescription to whatever that issue is. And that prescription just ends up being an Italian leather couch. Right. But the, or it ends up being, um, you know, getting rid of your MSP and provide, you know, hiring this in-house power VI guy and taking that money and investing it in some security posture or something. I don't know. But my, my point was, is that there's, um, the, the introvert piece, it's just about learning the, the steps and the systems and kind of like the how which is really how we operate, which is really how kind of like IT and technical people operate anyways. It's like, well, what's the system? What's the plan? Like how, you know what I mean? Like the the steps. It's not necessarily just the natural friend maker like probably our wives are. I don't know, does it make any sense? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, that really does ring true. We can learn um, to communicate. There, we can learn to communicate. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, there's that hesitation because these folks are, you know, very technically minded. They take pride. Uh, almost to a level of perfection mm. and how to, what, what's the counter to that is rejection. Oh. And so to be, to be called down, uh, this is not, this is not sufficient. This, this does not meet my needs. And so that, uh, you know, like, like getting their head chopped, uh, um, bitten off because they, they didn't fix it right. Um, you know, that, that is one of the biggest demoralizers of, Hey, yeah, you know, we're close. It, it, it never comes across that way, it seems like. It comes across as you broke it again. You broke it further. Hmm. Uh, not, hey, yes, good try. Um, I think we messed some more stuff up because there are other people that are like in sales, uh, and I'm not generalizing our sales department. Great people. Love them. <laughs> uh, I've never experienced, and I have yeah. not. Honest to God, I've yeah. not experienced this with our sales department. Yeah. But, you know, they are largely extroverted. And mm. results driven and immediate gratification, not that delayed gratification. They're immediate. Impatient. Right now. Impatient. There you go. And slamming fist. I need it right now. And why guys, I want to make it perfect. And I love that you said no, slamming fists. Deliver it. Deliver it. Deliver it now. And so it's not complete. Deliver it. All right. It's delivered. Now here's the rejection. You screwed it up. Mm. Okay. Yeah, man. Thing. Now. I'm yeah. calling further into my hole now, and I'm just going to be further introverted. <sighs> this is deep. This is deep. <laughs> it is. It's I have deep. not experienced that with my folks, though. That we have a very, very respectful, understanding, frustrated um, user base, and so. Well, it's working together as a team across departments is what you've described. 
and everyone being on the same page. So there's a certain level of ownership. So when you have everyone in the room at the same time and you're doing that DevOps type of way to do it, then everyone has a piece of ownership to it. So they can't really blame anyone but themselves. Absolutely. So there is, Absolutely. that's actually excellent communication. So the fact that you're saying you need to work on communication more and you're already doing a really good job at it, it says a lot. Oh, that, that's, that's just one facet. We, we, it's, it is a, it's a slow burn and it's getting them there. <laughs> uh, but I, I go into our conference room, which we, where we meet uh, several times a day, every day. Uh-huh. And I put these little nuggets. My wife and I are both readers. I'm a, I say a reader. I listen to audible books. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Why is audible so in, much better though? Because you can listen to it over and over again, but go there ahead. You go. And my, my wife is in grad school and um, for healthcare leadership. Okay. And a lot of the books that she's reading are very, very relevant to, to me. I mean, it's just leadership in general, emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, Great book. Know, solid strategy. Yeah. And so no, just, and, and that, that, that leads to these types of, um, you know, these, these flares of thoughts that come up and I'm like, this is something I need to touch with the team. And so, and so well, you've it, got it good, man. Up. Healthcare leadership's got it bad. So you, you've got it made. Yeah. She, I feel bad for her. Everyone in my yeah. family's, everyone in my family's a doctor or uh, an RN or an anesthesiologist or some sort of worked in healthcare, except for me and my brother. Uh, we knew it was a dying breed and the writing was on the wall for us, but I know that culture very, very well, the pecking order of healthcare, um, it's going to have to die at some point. I think it's going to get taken over. Well, it is getting taken over by software and epics of the world and, 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 and the business aspect of healthcare, which could be bad or good. I don't know, but you know, the, there's a pecking order in, in healthcare. There's a, the doctors are better than the nurses and the nurses are better than this person and better than this person, better than the x-ray tech and the x-ray tech's better than the janitor. That, that, that's even a politically correct term. Yeah. Yeah. She's actually, um, she's a college professor. Uh, so she was in, um, in clinical mm-hmm. for a good number of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she, she made the leap into academia and, uh, she's following that path. And then, um, you know, we'll see where that goes, but there's definitely, you know, a large focus on, you know, the state of, of the healthcare at large and mm-hmm. specialized medicine. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and like own ownership of patient data. Should you be able to own your own data? Right now, we don't. Epic owns it. That's right. Mm. Uh, you don't. Google you, has you it. Maybe, maybe Facebook. <laughs> maybe <Yeah>. Facebook. <laughs> so, so really, I mean, yeah. that was one of the the, the things. That, that's our pillow talk. Is um, huh. I need to come up with a business plan. I was like, blockchain, you damn healthcare. Yo, that that is actually. It's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing because it's, it's the only way that's going to break the, I'll probably get like a fish wrapped up in a newspaper sent to my house or (laughs) first thing, do you know what I mean? But it's the only way to kind of, I guess, you know, over, I don't want to say overpower, but kind of like, um, neutralize the system because it's so competitive right now. And you know that in the software world, everyone's software world's insane, right? So you've got, how can you have 50 different, you know, digital imaging and medical softwares and everyone's competing for each other? You're just going to have segmentation uh, when it comes to data. It's not going to be unified. 
Right. And the only way that will ever happen to get that, that to force the hand uh, and, and, you know, disparate data is fine uh, that like we live in a world of disparate data, um, but a centralized collection and ownership of that data. I think it, it, the only way it happens is through legislation. I think that's the only way it can happen because there's just too much at stake. Uh, on both sides for the patient and for the entities, the software entities, the healthcare entities, there's just too much at stake. Yeah. Gonna have to do a second, um, second disclaimer <laughs> of the show <laughs> where it comes to politics, but yeah, I mean, good luck. We're probably the, the problem. Oh, yeah. That's the only way it'll happen. That's the only way that, that big of a lift. I think that's the only way that it, it could happen because there's just there's too much to there can't just be like a big monopolized company that takes over and says we're just gonna do blockchain why, don't, why not open source let's just open source that one and, and bypass everything yeah and yeah, figure that out be, that's yeah. gonna be the way so hopefully hopefully someone figures it out it won't be me that I, I don't have a passion for that so hopefully somebody will figure it out so complete side note but that was great um perfection does hmm, perfection not rejection that's really that's that's not the term you can't you can't believe that that is it it's a deep that's a really deep quote that not you know settling for um uh, it, it's just whatever that was that you said what was the perfection and the rejection thing that was i i understand it in my head you know, it doesn't mean that you have to worry about rejection just because and, and wait for per, for uh, for perfection and whatever that is, because that's just not realistic. And we need to continue to move forward. Although at the same time, if you do have a stamp of confidence on it, you can you can be confident, I guess, that it's not going to get rejected. That's that. That's that perfection. So that stamp of confidence, I feel absolutely 100% that this is with, you know, whatever, whatever qualifier that needs to be included, but I feel 100% confident in what I'm telling you and the, the output, the deliverable that I'm giving you. Uh, and so that, that pride that goes into that, that stamp of confidence that I, I did my due diligence, I did mm -hmm. my homework, mm -hmm. I asked the right questions and I feel confident that this is what is needed for this particular last question this i think it's a tough one because everything that you just said can be very overwhelming and that overwhelming that sense of overwhelm can cause tunnel vision with engineering minded folks looking for perfection they might be tunnel vision they might they might they might not be in that that devops room where everyone's contributing and, and taking ownership the whole idea of perfection, like you said, could shut people down and be overwhelming and, and, and fail to communicate, all that stuff. You said do your research, you know, do your proper planning and everything. How do you avoid excessive workload in the IT world and not get overwhelmed with, with too much workload? How are you choosing what to offload and what not so that you don't end up with ridiculous huge project workload uh the way that we approach that is that um it was a frank conversation uh we have bi-weeklies with every functional tower of business here 
from the executive director down to the most um, responsible managers. And we bring them in every two weeks. And so that was part of my early on enroll was to, this is, we, we will be observing a relief strategy that is every two weeks. We're basically following Agile Scrum. Um, so we'll, we'll create a backlog based upon all of this stuff. We know what our capabilities are and we will fill the sprint log up with what we think that we can get done with these resources over the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to stick to it. And gaps. Where, how do you fill gaps? We communicate. We, we have to push things. I'm, in, I'm assuming that you're talking about. I'm kind of getting back to that partner, that partner relationship, right? Have you? Do you have like? Have you been like, whoa? Okay, here's a gap. I don't know if anyone on this team can do this. It, we definitely can't throw it to this guy. I got you. I got you. Got you know what I mean? Like, are um, there gaps that are good? Do you have any good vendors that help you fill gaps? We do. Uh, we have a select few vendor partners that we have invested heavily in. And um, we're very selective, but we have a, a big enough IT team and we have a, a simplified enough processes that we can internally support. Uh, it's more about workload distribution and we're still in the throes of uh, ERP stabilization. We just rolled this thing out not too long ago and um, you know we're, we're filling all the holes. And so, um, but by and large, we're self-sufficient. We don't, we don't really lean on and nor is there an appetite for added spend beyond what, what you know, so we do have a constraint, um, a financial constraint uh, imposed by, by leadership. We've got to control our costs. And so um, a standing um, arrangement is not something we're currently a part of um, aside from cloud services. But in terms of human resources, uh, we don't augment um to to any degree presently we go we seek so it, it causes us it forces our hand to make a justification a justification a business justification for fte mm -hmm. and so when you say erp stabilization are you speaking merely about end user adoption and issues that come along with training end users uh, no, it's that is a, a small element. I think the the bigger the bigger part of that is um, we have a very unique way of doing business, and so taking the core functionality of the ERP platform and then configuring it to accommodate our very specific gotcha. process. Gotcha. And like so a like like an out of the box Salesforce, and then. Can, you know, right? Gotcha, right. gotcha. And I've, I've been part of one of those where <laughs> we had we had PwC come in and you know write a, a completely customized overlay, mm -hmm. and you know so it collected everything locally and then shot it up to the cloud whenever you got to an internet connection. Gotcha, gotcha. So tweak. So we're tweaking. Right. So in other words, ERP stabilization is we're tweaking and making changes. Right, right. The core functionality is there, and so there's, there was some like manual processes and some, you know, a lot of data evaluation and, um, 
you know, some things didn't get marked. There's some, you know, we found out we had bad data integrations. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm sitting here watching one of them. He's he's rewriting one uh, uh, and a whole other platform. We're doing them. Uh, we're, we're doing all of our data integrations by way of Python now. Okay. So, and it was that was not my decision. That was something that these folks came up with. They're like, we can do it better. I'm really thankful for having you on the show. I want to say that looking at your campus, it really does look like a very fun place to go to. <laughs> if for like an adult visit, please. I am looking at this very large like antique armoire that you guys have outside. I think that that's what you call this thing. I don't know. You guys would tell me what that is a what that is a model of. But this place is huge. Yes, 1.3 million square feet of floor space. You've got a Starbucks. Not on including, it. yeah, not including my my. Well, I'm in the distribution center. Uh -huh. That's just the sales floor. That's that's 13 Home Depots of, of just floor space for furniture. You add these in, you're probably in the this. This is insane. Community. Educational center. I mean, it looks like my it looks like my biology class that I should have dropped out of in college, like. 175 people fit into this place. Oh, yeah. It's huge. Design it's center. Yeah. So, everyone listening, you should go to FurnitureLandSouth.com and fly travel from wherever you're at to if you're looking at designing and purchasing furniture because I'm sure, 100% sure, that your experience is going to be A+. plus. Absolutely. Um, anything for uh, uh, um, IT leaders, uh, people growing up in IT, any, you know, other than the, maybe then other than the always keep learning, always keep moving forward, any, any piece of advice, cautionary tales, or anything that would be very helpful? Yeah, I think the only thing to, uh, you know, really to compliment that is, um, you know, be humble teamwork you get more done um by, by working as a team and um i'm finding that out every day and it's it's great to be a part of high performing teams rusty thank you so much for being on dissecting popular it nerds thank you phil i really appreciate your time today hey thanks for listening to this episode of dissecting popular it nerds if you like this or any other episode, make sure you rate it and share it with one of your friends. And remember, when it comes to IT, you always need to be dissecting, analyzing, and improving.